Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. Now, Jesus is using a play on words here, but actually it is true because Jesus said, search the scriptures in them. You think you have eternal life, but they are which testify of me. Jesus is referring back. When you search the Old, Old Testament scriptures, you're going to find Jesus. And Jesus was that bread that came down from heaven. Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat my flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eats my flesh, drinks my blood, has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh, drinks my blood, abides in me and I in him. As the Father sent me, I live because the Father, so is he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate manna and are dead, but he who eats this bread will live forever. Again, these things he said in the synagogue. The idea of cannibalism to the Jewish people was beyond what they could handle and over the top. In fact, verse 60, even this, therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this said, this is a hard saying, who can understand it? And another one of the gospels says a lot of them all left. And by the way, all those that were looking for the free meal the next day, they all left too. They said, you know, we like the fish and chips idea, but this cannibal thing, I don't think we're in wrath. And the Bible says they all left. Jesus then looks at his disciples and he says, are you guys going to go too? Are you going to leave? And Peter, and Peter is notorious for making really stupid remarks. I, I relate with Peter really well. But he said, where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. I look at that and I go, right on. You know, there's a lot of things about God I don't understand. I just don't. I know in time I will. But right now I don't. Sometimes God will say stop doing something or get out of a business relationship with somebody or, or, or get away from this person or whatever. And you'll go, but God, I don't understand it, but I really feel your spirit leading me that way. And, and I, I don't understand it. And we get, become confused. I have learned that uh, that's uh, God. We have a song on the effect right now. Uh, that's the 88.9 station in the, in the uh, Southern Idaho area. Um, but there's a song we play, and it says, if it feels right, it's probably wrong. And I go, man, that is right on. 180 degrees opposite what the world says. If it feels good, do it. And 
the song on our station says, if it feels right, it's probably wrong. True. I don't always understand what God does. But I know this is what the walk of faith, and that's why it is called the walk of faith. If we had all the answers, we wouldn't need to have faith. We'd just go, okay, follow A, B, and C. I can do that. Well, the idea of cannibalism, ooh, that just repulsed them. It, it was absolutely forbidden in the Old Testament. And yet Jesus is saying that, but Jesus was speaking spiritually to them. But the unspiritual person doesn't understand the things of God. Now what's amazing here, in just a few weeks from now, Jesus is in the upper room, gathered with his disciples. The ones that decided to stay, even though they didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. And Jesus holds up unleavened bread he breaks it and said, this is my body which is broken for you. And I can just see the penny drop in these disciples' minds going, oh, that's what he was talking about. And he holds up the cup and he said, this is my blood which was shed for you. Now, I know there are religions that believe in what's called transubstantiation. And you say, what that? That's where they believe that as the priest holds the bread, as he places it on the tongue of the person that's come up for communion, that it magically transforms into a protein and actually becomes Jesus' body. I do not believe that. I do not believe that a carbohydrate, when it touches your tongue, becomes a protein. But Bible is speaking here about things spiritual. And by the way, when Jesus was in the upper room, he didn't snap a thumb off and say, here, this is my body, you guys gnaw on it. Jesus takes a knife and cuts his wrist and drips him in. Oh, this is my blood, now have some. He didn't do that. He does the same thing we do today during communion. And so by waiting... And even though they didn't understand it, they waited. Now notice as we read on here. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. There are many hard sayings of Jesus. But he's right and I am wrong. That's just the way it works. Who can understand it? Outside of the spiritual mind, you won't. And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured about this. Now, stop right there. Let's go back. And it said, verse 41, the Jews then murmured against him. Then Jesus, looking at his disciples, knowing that they murmured about this. So re remember two things. One, his disciples believed in him. The Jews did not. But they both had doubts. You get that? But notice when you're in Christ, Jesus comforts your doubts. When you're not, Jesus tried to explain to them that it's things spiritual. They ate bread in the wilderness, they're dead. What you need is not carbohydrates and food. You need spiritual food if you're going to live 
and sustain yourself. You can have the fattest tummy in the world and be the most miserable person inside and want to jump off the bridge. Just the way it is. Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured about this. And he said to them, does this offend you? (laughs) Wow. He asked, does this offend you? Why is that? Because if this offends you, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because we remember when Jesus was arrested and taken before Herod and Pilate. We remember all that that went on and they were offended. In fact, we remember even the little slave girl said to Peter, you're one of the disciples, aren't you? And he cussed and swore that he never knew him. Verse 62. What then if you see the Son of Man ascend where he was before. What if you see Jesus in his full glory? If you have trouble grasping all of this, what are you going to do when you see Jesus in his full majesty? It is the spirit who gives life. It is the flesh that profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. I can just see him go, oh. Now here's the point. Something going on in your life as a Christian. You don't understand it. Don't give up on God. Just hold on. Jesus will explain it to you. He will explain it to you. You'll get it in time. That's the walk of faith. But God, I don't understand why I have to go through this terrible time. It's education. You're learning. You'll use this in the days to come. But it's so uncomfortable. It's usually the only way I learn. I remember when I was about three years old. And I remember my mom always had bobby pins. And I remember I was over by a light socket. And my mom and dad said, you stay away from that. Because I kept going over there with my fingers. Now they have those little plastic doodads that plug in. They didn't have that. And I thought, how nifty. This bobby pin will go in both holes at the same time. I remember shoving that in there. I remember the bobby pin glowing bright orange, melting in two, and dropping into the carpet and leaving a mark. That's probably why I remember it at three years old. Because we hadn't even moved our furniture in yet. And so I I know what year we moved. And so I remember doing that. I remember doing that and thinking, by the way, I never did that again. (laughs) I did take a power cord one time and cut it without unplugging it. That ended that pair of pliers or cutlers. I don't know where I was going with that illustration, but I just (laughs) wanted to throw that out there. No, uh, my parents said, don't do that. And I did it anyway. I didn't think they knew what they were talking about with a burnt thumb from pushing on the bobby pin, I learned. A lot of us in our Christian experience, people that don't walk with the Lord anymore, it's simply because they've come to an impasse in their life. They don't understand how can a loving God that can control everything in the world allow this to happen to me? Because the lesson that you are being prepared for is going to be most necessary in the days to come. You say, but I don't, God, can't you just tell me? Yeah, 
Stay away from that wall socket. Yeah, okay. Where's the bobby pin? But when we go through that trial and we experience it, it prepares us for what's to come. I look back at some of the darkest times of my life and I think about it and I realize if it hadn't have been for one and one particular one, the whole ministry of what I do would be gone. It was so important that I went through that that I would have never understood the importance of what I did. And, and, and we don't get it sometimes. I mean, I didn't get it. Maybe I should say I'm still getting it. So if you're going through something that's hard, right on. God has selected you out because of what you're going to go through in the future. And I had a guy one time. I was out at Salmon Dam, a guy that I knew who had not been walking with the Lord. And he'd ran into a lot of what he called bad luck. I just said, no, these are just trials. And he said, well, Mike, he said, if what I went through is preparing me for what's going to come, I'm scared to death. I remember the boat rocking, you know, we're talking, the sun was down. And, and, and I said, no, it isn't that. It's that when that big trial comes down the road that you're being prepared for now, it will not overtake you. It will not rattle your cage. You're going to go, been there, done that. I remember, got the bobby pin. So, that which I speak to you is spirit, and they are life. But there were some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I have said this to you, that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. Well, as you look at this, you realize, and let's let's review what Jesus just said, because it's easy to read fast and miss it. Let's look at it again, verse 64. For Jesus knew from the beginning who were, who, who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. Now, he said this and they were with him, right? And then he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it's been granted to him by the Father. And from that time, many of the disciples went back and walked with him no more. The point is, is that Jesus who he had brought into his circle. He wouldn't deny anybody. God so loved the world. It was their decision to leave. To leave. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to also go away? I've already talked about this. Simon Peter has said to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And I love this again. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're saying, but we're not leaving. Be that way. Be that way and live. Because you will come in contact with things you don't understand. As a Christian, the immediate response is to blame God. God, if you let me, why did you let me go through this? And God says, you'll understand. God teaches us through his word. God teaches us through life experience. Once you become a Christian, 
It isn't luck. It isn't bad luck. It's divine providence. Always remember that. Christians don't have luck. You are divinely appointed. So there's no such thing as pure luck. Or as luck would have it. No. Maybe for the world. They need all the help they can get. They can go for lady luck. They can go for the rabbit's foot. By the way, wasn't lucky for the rabbit. They can go for whatever they want to do. They need it. But for you, we're divinely, we're divinely appointed. Nothing happens to us by accident. Verse 69. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, I like this. Jesus, we don't know everything you're doing. We don't completely get this, but we know who you are and we're staying. Friends, if you don't get anything out of this this morning, get this. You will not always understand what God's doing. Trust him. He'll see it through. And as Peter said, you have the words of eternal life. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? I like that. I mean, i got to tell you, friends, this is great encouragement. Well, God only chose the best ones for his own. No, he chose even Judas Iscariot. Get that? Because a lot of times people think, well, God, no, God chose everyone, but not everyone chooses God. That's what you need to remember. And he spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. So just because you're in a group of people, just because you're in a, in a, doesn't mean people all embrace Christ. It doesn't mean that they're all going to love God the way you do. I'm not a judge. What God's called me to do is love the saints. That's what I do. I get angry with the cults because I believe for the most part they're deliberately doing what they're doing. That's why I get a little hot sometimes on the air. Because they know better. You ask them a question. It's not like a politician. You ask them a question, they won't answer you. You tell them the truth, they won't believe you. So when you look at this, you realize, I look back at my life and I realize that if it had not been in a particular thing, I was in a church and and uh, these people got real weird and wanted to control everything. And I thought, well, God, if you really love me, why are you? Why? Why am I here? How did I get Where are you, God? And now I look back and say, Wow, Lord, thank you. Had I not had that experience, I wouldn't be here today. So important. So, what is it that you think? I've had people say, well, you know, I believe in God or I trust God, but I I did and then God did this to me. Blessed subtractions, Jesus is mine. (laughs) Sometimes God does that. Blessed subtractions. But you know what? 
We find God's will by ask, seek, and knock, he said. And that in the Greek is the repetitive, asking, seeking, and knocking. You want to know God's will for your life? Ask, seek, and knock. God will open it. I'm so glad it doesn't say, behold, I stand at the door and pick the lock. All I have to do is stand there, knock, and God will open. If God closes a door, it's only because he's going to open another door for you. And so, let him do that. Let him be Lord of your life. If you're not a Christian, my heart goes out to you. Because you are relying on pure luck. But someday your luck will run out. And then you have to face a judgment concerning your life. That's why the Bible says, if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful, just, forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is none righteous, no, not one. We're all sinners saved by grace. But have you accepted what God has done? And that's where we recognize I have come short of the glory of God. I'm not what I'm supposed to be. And God, from now on, I'm going to trust you to be that. And then God brings the blessings of trials and brings the blessings that we obviously, okay, ice cream. But you know, it isn't until sometimes you eat all your spinach do you appreciate the ice cream? If you're not, were you supposed to be with God this morning? I want to just invite you to pray and ask Jesus to come into your life. You know, it's so important. If you're a Christian, you've been blaming God for the things that have gone on in your life. You need to come back to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I, I realize that these are going to be important in the days to come. It will make the difference in your ministry. It will make the difference in eternity. If you need to pray and get right with God, let's pray right now. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I'm sorry at times I've gotten frustrated with you and it's kept me away from you. And I'm sorry. And I repent. And so now... I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Put in my life what belongs. Take out of my life which doesn't. And Lord, from this day forward, I'll serve you. So fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to do great things for your kingdom. And thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, welcome to God's family. Keep reading where you're at in the book of John. Actually, go back and start in the book of John, chapter 3. It's really important that you know who Jesus Christ is. The more you know who Jesus is, the more you'll trust him. The reason you will loan people money is because you know him. The reason you'll tell people your heart's secrets is because you know them. You don't walk up to somebody you don't know and say, hey, buddy, by the way, I, I got something I got to, you know, you're not going to do that. So, John is, it says these things are written that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So, the more you know God, the more you'll trust God. And so when you go through those hard times, you'll say, wow, there's a reason for this. Not getting mad at God, but just saying, okay, God, I know, you're teaching me. Sometimes I'm a slow learner, and I got the bobby pins to prove Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. 
If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.